Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. So as I said, this morning as I was driving in around 5.30, driving down Stewart Avenue into downtown, uh, you know, and obviously the road is lit up by uh, streetlights, I look up into the air and I, I sort of, I see some, uh, I don't know, I see some things in the air and I just think, well, what the heck is that? And I'm driving further into downtown and there's more of those things in the air. And all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, I do not even recognize snow anymore. How ridiculous is that? There were just some, I don't know, a few flakes in the air. And that was sort of, uh, I don't know, maybe I should have splashed some cold water on my face so that I was more alert as I was driving in. Hey, don't tell the cops. No, I was. I was just fine. It was just very peculiar to me because we have not seen, this is not a normal winter. That's for sure. And these are not normal times. Would you agree, Matt Kittle? Uh, these are very odd times, to, to say the very least. I, I thought at first you were describing an alien abduction. And <laughs> right. I'm glad that you're safely behind the microphone. Yes. Time. Well, I barely escaped. I mean, the the, uh, the flying saucer came pretty close to my car, but <laughs> I managed to, uh, well, I managed to drive away. So, no. Um, well, yeah, I, and honestly, I, I thought it was, I, I had to chuckle to myself because I just thought, well, this wasn't in the forecast. I don't recall us having snow before in February here in Wisconsin. No, I'm yeah. just kidding, but it's it's the most peculiar thing. And, uh, you know, and I thought, wow, how spoiled we have become being accustomed to, I don't know, just sort of dry a dry pavement and an easy commute and no snow to shovel. I mean, the list goes on and on about this very mild winter, but... Uh, yeah, that's I, remarkable. It, it, it really is. I mean, I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of a few weeks ago as we were traveling north to Iowa City from, you know, the, the greater metro Des Moines area, I, I was just astounded by the dozens of cars and semis and particular that were on the side of the road left you know there after a massive blizzard uh, you know and and what a difference a few weeks make i have my winter driving skills uh from all the minnesota snowstorms that i had to drive through oh, when yeah. i was younger and uh i mean well when we lived there obviously but yeah it's and it's not it, it's truly not fun i do not i call myself a nervous nelly but I do not like driving in any kind of inclement weather. Well, I remember living in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which was uh, just above the, the, the boot hill of uh, Missouri. Rush Limbaugh land, that's oh, where he grew up. I know. And, it just uh, brings brings warm feelings into my heart when you talk about the, Cape the, Girardeau. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, Cape Girardeau, and its denizens were were not used to snow on a very regular basis. So when there was a dusting, the old Schnook supermarket would just there would be a run <laughs> on everything, and um, the the traffic situation was um, harried to say the least. Did you say Schnooks? Schnooks. Oh my gosh, that's a great name. A great name. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a pet you, name uh, or something. Yeah, when after after you uh, you shop there, um, 
you could say to yourself that you, you were schnookered. <laughs> Is that really what happened? Do they have, were their prices just exorbitant? No, I. <laughs> you just. <laughs> I, just I just thought, uh, you know, just uh, an interesting name for a supermarket, an old family name, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, speaking of schnookered, um, we, you know, we were having a good conversation off air, which sometimes I always say, dang, we got to bring these ones on air. But, yeah. you know, I, I started out by asking you um, about the never Trumper phenomenon. And, you know, frankly, back in 2020, I guess I would say, or 2019, I actually believed the never Trumpers were the Democrats. And I thought, well, of course, Democrats are never going to vote for never Trumpers. And, it, you know, it just it, it wasn't really in my consciousness that there would be people on our side that would be never Trumpers. I mean, that would would actually consider voting for a Democrat um, or conversely not voting in the presidential race with which would, you know, give well, give the Democrat opponent an advantage. And, you know, I've come to realize, and, and I guess I was having, I, t I shared this with you, I was having a conversation yesterday afternoon with a friend, and I said, I said, do you think that the never-Trumper crowd has grown since 2020? And I'm going to pose the same question to you. What say you, Matt Kittle? Before I answer that, what was your, what was your friend's take on that? Let me think about that. What did he say? You know, he said, he, you know, he, I guess he, he said he was, he, he was concerned, but he also, I, I, it was probably somewhat similar to how, how you explained it to me. Um, you know, I guess maybe we, we didn't even talk about what you call, and I'm trying to think the, what did you call it? The Biden experiment, I think. And yeah. really... It's not necessarily that they were never Trumpers as much as they were just, I don't know, politically clueless. <laughs> I don't know if there's a better way to describe it. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's what we had discussed off the air. And I do believe that is the case, that in 2020, for a number of reasons, there were some so-called independents or swing voters, however you want to define them, that said, uh, well, I'm not going to go through another four years of all of this conflict that surrounded all of this baggage that surrounded uh, Donald Trump. And so I'm going to vote for, for Joe Biden because I keep hearing from the, the Biden campaign, um, you know, that Kind of, it reminds me historically, if you will, in a very loose way to what happened in the uh, 1920 election. How about that for going back? Just time. the other day, right? <laughs> exactly. Just the other day. But um, for eight years, America had Woodrow Wilson. And Woodrow Wilson promised Americans in 1915, after World War I began, that he would keep America out of the war, right? And in 1916, he campaigned for re-election, 
which he won narrowly by claiming that he kept us out of war. And then, in short order, did things that moved us into war. (laughs) And Warren G. Harding came along in 1920, this... uh, Ohio lawmaker, former newspaper guy, and philanderer of massive order. (laughs) He came along and said, it's time for a return to normalcy, man. We got to get back to normal. And that means we are getting the hell out of Europe and the rest of the world. We're going to get back to life in America for America. That was his argument. Kind of sounds like Trump, right? You know, make America great, uh, America first, all those sorts of things. But the the argument that I'm making is that a lot of Americans said, "Uh, we're done with, you know, the death count. We're done with uh, getting involved in all this. We're done with Woodrow Wilson. We want normal again. And I think there were people in this country who said, um, you know, we've been through four years of absolute, um, you know, constant conflict domestically, politically. Think of all that happened over uh, Trump's time. Went through COVID, you know, all of these sorts of things. And you have to remember that you had a an accomplice media that was more than glad to, uh, you know, sing the praises of Joe Biden while, um, you know, absolutely um, going after and attacking Donald Trump constantly. And you also have to remember that Donald Trump sent a lot of mean tweets. And so a certain number of people that, let's just say, they thought we were going to return to normalcy, as Warren G. had promised a long time ago, and I think they, they fully bought in to the lie of Joe Biden. So I guess I guess the million dollar question is if there are enough uh gosh, I you, you know I I mean can you can do you think that it's possible to convert a never trumper? Do you think that there are that in you know that was the question I asked yesterday. Are there more never trumpers? And you know my concern is that because, and, and you know, there's no chance that she's going to prevail, of course, but uh, Nikki Haley is what I would believe is the never-Trumper um, choice. And yeah. in her polling suggests whether or not you, uh, I don't know, agree with or, or accept polling, suggests that she would beat Biden by a lot more than Trump would. So I mean, what I mean, what do you, what does a person make of all of that? Well, a couple of things to unpack there. First of all, the never Trumpers that I know, um, and I think about this. You, you remember there, there there was a very influential Wisconsin conservative radio talk show host that's in that never Trumper camp. You know, Charlie you know, Sykes. Exactly what I'm right. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You know, and and Charlie Sykes is no longer in Milwaukee radio, not because of, you know, he he decided he was going to get out of radio necessarily, but because, you know, he just hated Trump 
and continues to hate Trump with the intensity of 10,000 red-hot suns. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty... But, you know, I, 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 think it's more, I think it's more than that, Meg. I think, you know, that uh, the Trump folks in Wisconsin, uh, quite frankly, verbally roughed him up. And I think they hurt his feelings. And I think that that also, um, you know, lo these many years later, uh, he not only hates Donald Trump, but he hates the people who support Donald Trump. And I think that's the mark of a never-Trumper. Um, um, there is an anger and a hostility. I remember Charlie Sykes used to talk about the um, Walker derangement syndrome. And that's what I see with the never-Trumpers in many ways, is that they are so... Oh, what's the word? What is the generous word here? Deranged! Or, or vitriolic? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. With their hatred for Trump. And, you know, they and, you know, they have uh, their arguments about Trump's style and how he does things. And, and of course, you know, they make arguments that, uh, you know, uh, Trump is dangerous to the constitutional order and, and that he's uh, dangerous to head the, the U.S. government and all of these, their, their arguments about that. But at the core of that, it's no different than you know, the left, um, they have joined forces in their hatred, absolute deranged hatred for Donald Trump. They can't see any of the other things that he did that were extremely positive for their conservative value, not the least of which, of course, um, is appointing um, three conservative, and you can argue pretty true conservative, textualist conservatives to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, which, by the way, I just heard last week in oral arguments and have uh, written up a couple of stories on that, on, you know, just how textualist and conservative they are and ultimately might be responsible for saving democracy oh. by keeping Colorado from booting the, the Republicans' number one candidate from the primary ballot. It's such a relief, honestly. And, and I mean that, that their decision will likely be unanimous is even more, I don't know, comforting perhaps? I mean, is it something about a blind squirrel finds a nut even mm. once in a while? No. So, so here's my, I guess my... Uh, you know, I'm going to delve further into to this because you said you said that you know never Trumpers. I know no, never Trumpers. I mean, again, this is sort of a a phenomenon that I wasn't really uh, back in 2016. Of course not. I didn't. I didn't even. You know, I couldn't even imagine any Republican or conservative ever supporting anyone other than Trump. And then in 2020, I was still of that same mindset. And so it was always sort of curious to me, well, how how can you possibly call yourself a Republican if you're not going to support the Republican nominee? And so my question remains, so those that I would imagine, and we'll just, and, and you know, I know you reside currently in Iowa and you talk, I'm sure you talk to other people throughout the country, but as, as it applies to Wisconsin, the ones that I know that are never Trumpers, uh, and, and maybe I just have a conversation with them and say to them, okay, so your pick, your pick. Uh, Nikki Haley, when she doesn't 
you know, she doesn't uh, get the nomination, are you going to, who are you going to vote for? And do you think that these never Trumpers will reluctantly vote for Trump? Or do you think that they will vote third party? Do you think they'll choose Bobby Kennedy? I mean, how, how do you, what's your prediction? Do you have your magic eight ball handy? I don't think a lot of the never Trumpers are Bobby Kennedy folks. Interesting. <laughs> so I don't see that happening. Um, I do see some of them, um, you know, holding their nose and saying, well, I can't do another four years of Joe Biden who, or whoever ultimately replaces him in this position because um, I don't think Joe Biden can do another four years, quite frankly. I don't know if Joe Biden can do another four years on this earth based on what I'm seeing uh, play out before me with his, his health conditions. I mean, that, that, those are grave concerns right now. So I think there will be um, some. They may not talk about that, but they're ultimately going to vote um, in their interest first and foremost. And maybe some will think through it enough to say the interest of, of the country. Um, but many will continue to say the interest of the, com- the country is not to have, um, and they've joined the, you know, the left in the pursuit, not to have an insurrectionist um, head the nation. So they'll hold to their guns. Um, but a lot of those swing independents who were so-called get bunched into the never Trumper crowd, I think uh, we will be definitely seeing a shift away from Joe Biden in November. Well, and I guess, uh, you know, I keep I keep pushing you on this, but, you know, I'll, I'll, back to my conversation with uh, my friend yesterday, and we were just talking about uh, he'd heard that there was a, a donor, someone who was a reliable donor uh, to the Republican Party, to Republican candidates, uh, stated that he was not going to, um, donate another dime to the Republican Party because he was so disgusted with Trump, and he and, and he was actually contemplating whether or not he was going to vote for Trump or Biden. And I said, "You're kidding me! How can how can any Republican even consider voting?" I mean, honestly, I say, how can any Democrat? I mean, in their well, okay, so right mind, haha. How can any Democrat, any common sense, critical thinking Democrat, is that is that even you know a thing? Um, how could they even consider voting for Joe Biden? I mean, in light of his, I mean, his cognitive issues and all of the policies and and the the open borders and and the problems with our economy, and I can go on and on. But I want to let you answer the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I have seen that uh, multiple times, uh, both in Wisconsin and on a national level. People, individuals with smaller amounts of money saying that uh, they would never donate to uh, the, the party because of uh, its support uh, of Donald Trump. Uh, and we've certainly seen it in big cash donors as well. They are... Uh, well, they believe that anyone who would vote for Donald Trump is drinking the Kool-Aid. But, <laughs> but again, um, I think there's a strong argument to be made that the Kool-Aid is being served um, uh, <laughs> without uh, limits 
that's they're, they're sticking to their guns, despite all of the evidence that we, we see in what is happening with Joe Biden. And it's not only, you know, Joe Biden's mental state. That's concerning enough. But look at all of the corruption that has surrounded him. At the end, here's the, the, the maybe the, the final and and uh, most profound argument. We just had a special counsel come out last week and say Joe Biden um, did all of the things that the Never Trumpers and the left claim Donald Trump did with his document handling. He took hundreds of, of classified documents. He put national security at risk. But uh, even though he's guilty of those crimes, he's an old man uh, and he has a bad memory. If that is the person you're going to vote for, then I don't know what to say. You know, I, I mean, how do you think Democrats got the idea to uh, harangue Trump with the classified documents narrative. They got the idea because they knew Joe Biden had done it. I mean, everything that they, everything that they accuse Republicans of, they themselves are guilty of, and it's just projection. They're just so any time. I mean, I guess that's what we have to keep in mind is that any time Donald Trump is accused of something egregious, just look to a Democrat to see, you know, to see where they got the idea. I mean, either that or it's you know, based on a Hollywood script. So, uh. well, I, I think you're, you, I think you're right. And, and to that, and just to put a cherry on top of all of this, all right, do it. You know, we we had heard for how long about the Twenty Fifth Amendment and a, a vehicle to get rid of Donald Trump. Right. What is what? <laughs> you can't make a clearer argument for the Twenty Fifth Amendment than Joe Biden. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean. It just makes too much sense, Matt, and I think that's that's the part that um, you know is is not resonating with Democrats is because it just involves common sense and logic, which is absent often. Well, Matt Kittle, we're over the time. It was it was well worth it. We'll have to come up with some ideas. Maybe you can just like spur of the moment. You got another idea for some new swag for Matt Kittle Day? Throw it out there. Some you know Valentine's themed. I don't know. What do you got? How about, uh, how about the, the shirt that says the lesser known Kittle and the lesser That's, talented Kittle? Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up. Super, so, Bowl, Super Bowl fresh. Yeah, so you're not, you're no relation to George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, we're all related. Oh, of course level, we are. We? But, yes, uh, we are. Not, not that I know of, but I can't tell you how many times I get that question in Iowa. Oh, Really? Oh, here what? I thought I was so I was so no, creative. No, no, no. Was, well, George George Kittle, of course, comes from yes, uh, that's right, Iowa, the University of Iowa. Yeah, his wife, ha- too. Hawkeye's star, and so and now, now if I if I could say very quickly, my daughter, who is in sixth grade, goes to school with a young man by the name of George, and he has uh, proposed to her, but saying that he would only marry her if he can take her last name because he wants to be George Kittle. He's so evolved, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, really is. Well, that's really sweet. But um, I would say as your dad, you got to put your foot down and say, nope, no shotgun weddings here, young Already sixth grader. There. Already there is, Dad. You, Absolutely. You got it covered. Well, Matt Kittle, yeah. always a delight. Always a delight. Thanks for the conversation this morning. I appreciate it. 
Look forward to our chat next week. Have a great rest of your day. I enjoyed it. Be well. God bless. Right back at you. God bless you. Going to the 830-ish news, followed by your calls on the other side, 715-845-2155, on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. 